Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. I'm your host and travel journalist Holly Rubenstein and I'm back this week as things are going completely Caribbean here at the Travel Diaries. Today is a bonus destination special where we'll be heading on a sun-soaked tour of the Caribbean islands in partnership with the British Airways American Express credit card. Now, I am especially excited to be working with the British Airways American Express credit card again as I use the card myself. And many of the flights I've taken over the last few years have been partly paid for using Avios, which is the reward currency you earn through spending. For every pound you spend on purchases with your BA Amex credit card, you collect one Avios. So it's the perfect card for travel lovers, helping you get closer to the next chapter in your travel diaries. Just search BA Amex for details and check out the world. Applicants must be 18 years or older, subject to approval, representative 24.5% APR variable. Terms, conditions and exclusions as always apply and taxes and fees apply to flight bookings. All information including this representative APR is correct as of September the 7th, 2021. And please, check the government guidelines before booking any travel. So we've got your flight sorted. Now it's time to get inspired for that future trip to the Caribbean whenever you feel comfortable to travel again. Unsurprisingly, it's one of the most popular destinations to be picked each week here on the Travel Diaries. And in today's episode, lots of my lovely guests from the last five seasons will be recounting their favorite Caribbean travel memories, the islands they love, of course they're so diverse, as well as the best hotels, places to visit and hidden gems. But first, we're joined by the award-winning travel journalist, Caribbean destination expert and special correspondent for Travel and Leisure magazine, Sarah Greaves Gabadon, also known online as Jet Set Sarah. Sarah has spent much of her life living in the Caribbean and traveling throughout it, so I can't wait to hear her insider knowledge, her travel tips and recommendations. So let's get started. Sarah Greaves Gabadon, welcome to the Travel Diaries, aka Jet Set Sarah, I should say. Uh, you're based in Miami, Florida, but I understand that you're just back from the Caribbean, we were just saying. Yes, I am. Thanks very much for having me, Holly. Um, yeah, I just actually got off my first cruise since the pandemic started. I was on uh, Windstar Cruises Star Breeze for the last seven days, tooling around the Caribbean. It was it was quite interesting, cruising 2.0. It's got its advantages and its disadvantages. Uh, but anyway, you're in the Caribbean, so that's really the biggest advantage, right? Mm, and how did it feel to be back? It was Fabulous. You know, the, the thing about the Caribbean is I, you know, I feel very uh, protective and territorial about it. I call, I'm, as you may know, I am a travel writer and editor who specializes in the Caribbean, but I call myself also a Caribangelist because I'm spreading the gospel of the Caribbean with the world, to the world. And that gospel is that all the islands are different. You know, people tend to think, oh, they're all the same. It's, you know, sandy beach and a palm tree and a Corona beer. And it's not that at all. You know, there are different languages, different topography, different cultures, different music, different cuisine. There's so much to explore. And so in my work, I'm just always trying to show people, you know, yes, we have great beaches, but we have so much more. The Caribbean's so much more than just beaches. 
Mm. Well, that is exactly what I really want to get across in today's episode, because we're going to be getting flavors of all different islands, a variety of islands, as well as then hearing your travel diaries after we go on this tour around the Caribbean. So I'm looking forward to that. First of all, though, I mean, please tell me about your relationship with the Caribbean and how you fell in love with it. How many times you've been there as well? Because obviously you've, you're so well traveled around the the islands. Well, um, so my background is with, so I was born in England, but my, my father moved to England when he was in his teens and he was from, from Jamaica. And my mother moved to, to England from Barbados to study nursing in her early twenties. So that's where I was born. So I've had, so like many Caribbean people in the diaspora, I have had, you know, a life of moving around between England, living half my life in Jamaica and now living in, in Florida since 2003. But um, for someone who, I, you know, I just fell in love with my heritage, I guess, and the islands that I that I came from. And having lived there, I recognize that people who don't live in the Caribbean see it differently. And somehow along the way, I decided that it would be my job to show people a more complete Caribbean than the one we, we might see on, you know, represented in ads or on television. And how many times would you say that you've traveled to the Caribbean? Gosh, it's got to be, we'll put it this way, pre-pandemic, I was in the Caribbean three times a month. Oh my goodness. Um, and I've been doing this for a long time now. It sound, sounds like we couldn't have a better destination expert joining us today. I'm happy to do it. Well, Sarah, you'll be back later so we can dig deeper and learn more about the Caribbean's most magical spots. Where are those, I hear you say? Well, as luck would have it, my wonderful guests over the last five seasons have already cherry-picked some for us. Some all-time greats, some hidden gems and -and up-and-comers, and they're going to take us on a whistle-stop tour from the north to the south of the Caribbean. Beginning our voyage up in the Bahamas with world-renowned photographer David Loftus, who shares his all-time favorite travel destination, the tiny Bahamian island of Windermere. We'll then come back to Sarah, who's going to give her expert advice on these destinations in detail. She'll tell us why and how they're all so different. And in between, she'll be sharing her top tips and travel diaries in the Caribbean too. Okay, let's go. I've spent quite a lot of time in the Bahamas and... There is there's a particular island called Windermere which I've spent a lot of time on and uh, I love. It's attached to a bigger island of Eleuthera, and most oh, yeah. most people know Harbour Island, which is right at the top, which I have spent time in, and I have friends who live there. But there's a place near Governors Harbour, which ironically is called Twin Bay, um, and it's these two lovely little white crescent beaches with the tiniest island on the end of it. And it's surrounded by palm trees. And it is two little bays, which I don't want anyone to go to, (laughs) if I'm completely honest, because the turtles are undisturbed at the moment and will swim right up to you and say hello. Um, You do see the odd shark, so maybe that'll put a few people off. Um, Beautiful stingrays. There's the odd osprey, which again from my Scottish travels is something that's very close to my heart which drop in and catch fish on the in the water beside you I've not seen other people there but we stay in this wonderful little octagonal uh, beach hut which is full of shells it's made with driftwood a friend of mine Doom McKinney actually built it and you can rent it and 
she built it out of beach uh, driftwood and come the hurricanes it's it's the only building that's actually survived i've watched her disappear into the sea and come out with the most enormous crawfish and which are the bahamian lobsters it has an outdoor shower in the jungle and you can you can you know walk around with no clothes on happily without anyone ever seeing you and mm. so that is my ideal it also has a most beautiful library of books and as you can see in my cabinet I'm, i adore books yeah. and i love reading so the idea of being in this little house reading beach sea my beach combing yeah. you know that's my idea of heaven really <clears throat> so if i had to yeah say one's place it's it's proper robinson crusoe you know, Gerald Durrell. It's, it's all those things that I love. Next, we're joined by businesswoman and perfumer Joe Malone and reality star and podcaster Jamie Lang, who share their treasured memories of traveling in the Turks and Caicos Islands. one of my kind of really special places. It's the Turks and Caicos um, Parrot Key and it's a completely white island. There is nothing on it but a beach and a couple of restaurants and it has the most incredible smell. So you fly into Providencial, then you take a boat in. But when you arrive in the, the lodge to get the boat, it has a smell of geranium, like fresh geranium and lavender and this really herby smell to it. And then when you arrive on the island, I, I would know where I was anywhere in the world by the sm- by that smell. Oh, and it's so transportative. Uh, and your your swimsuits pick it up and your clothes pick it up because you're around it the whole time. It's a magical, beautiful, beautiful place. And as you come in by boat at night, you can see the, the turtles um, swimming in. And it's just a peaceful, there's no cars. Um, and it, it's a beautiful it's, it was devastated by a hurricane a few years ago and they had to rebuild some of it but it's it's beautiful my grandfather we called him grand turk and it's because he lived in the turks and caicos islands and so going to turks and caicos it was just this amazing experience we used to go on the beach every single day it was complete white sand blue seas no one at all there completely rustic i think it's changed a lot now i haven't been back and it was just this time of just it's where I got to eat Lucky Charms in some holidays, and that's why I loved it. <laughs> oh, sounds blissful. I mean, that's a, so Turks and Caicos is a Caribbean island. Mm-hmm. What kind of sets it a- apart from the others? Like, what are the things about Turks and Caicos that make it what it is? For me, I think that there's a lot of the Caribbean islands have been quite built up and quite touristy. Uh, and the Turks and Caicos islands um, are a bunch of different islands around the place. And the little one that we went to called Grand Turk, it was just amazing. I remember we used to land there and everyone knew my granddad, Robin Lang. Everyone knew him. So everywhere we used to land, everyone would go, you know, oh, Robin Lang's grandchildren, hello and welcome. Because they they loved him. He did so much for the community there. But it was, you know, ho- there were no big hotels. Uh, it was a really community vibe. The, the beaches were empty. You know, it was just this amazing place where we were so welcomed it was so wonderful. It was like a, an adventure playground. And we would have adventures all the time on these beaches. And what I would do is I would go to the white sand beaches every single day. And I would go to them and find it. Do you know if you ever find glass in the water and it's kind of been smoothed down and it's different colors, like a green or a blue. And you mm-hmm. used to find them. In Grand Turk, you'd find that. And I collected them all the time, these different colored pieces of glass that had been smoothed down by the ocean. 
And it was just a wonderful time. It's when I look back at my childhood and I think that was just heaven. It was amazing. It was amazing. Now we have TV chef Ainsley Harriet, who reveals his Caribbean hidden gem, the mountainous and tropical island of Dominica. I met some wonderfully warm people in the small island of Dominica, you know, which was so raw, it was unbelievable. And they say that if Christopher Columbus went back to the Caribbean, Archipelago, I think they, they, they call that the group of islands, um, the only place that he would recognise would be Dominica because it's so untouched and there's still trees there that are 400 years old that were there when Christopher Columbus first arrived there all those hundreds of years ago you know no traffic lights there and lovely warm moments like when the guy's driving you around the street taking you to your hotel he said I know what idea is the um the police dear shun but we call it the police hotel I said well why is that then? He said, well, they don't do nothing. No crime, no traffic offence, nothing. He said, so they just sit down all day like them in a hotel. So I thought it was very lovely. Very oh, lovely. I love that. Next up, Jackie Gifford, a travel titan and the editor-in-chief of the US travel magazine Travel and Leisure, taking us to her hidden gem, the Eastern Caribbean island of Anguilla. the island of Anguilla in the Caribbean. I've been going there since 2007, and I think the beaches there are some of the best on the planet. They have 33 beaches, absolutely stunning. The The visitor experience is just, you know, you really feel like you're secluded, isolated, tucked away from the rest of the world. It's never been a super touristy place. And I think what makes Anguilla so beautiful is it's very easy to get around. You get there, you rent a car, you drive to your beaches, you try the local restaurants. There's something really amazing about the warmth of spirit there. And I, I, I like it because not that many people go. Uh, the other great thing about it is it, but it does win in our world's best award. So clearly, you know, the in the know travelers know about Anguilla, but I think, you know, it's never just because of its size and the amount of hotels or, you know, accommodations they have, it's never going to reach a, a mass tourism, uh, you know, standard because it just, it just can't. But I think, you know, a lot of people I mentioned Anguilla and they're like, oh yeah, I know, I know Anguilla. That's the, you know, I've always wanted to go there. It's, it seems so beautiful. So, and beautiful hotels, you know, Belmont Cap de Luca, there's an amazing Four Seasons there, which, which, you know, actually was originally a Viceroy now that Four Seasons took it over. They've really, they've really made it a beautiful product. And, um, you know, Maliohana has a long heritage. There's mm. a great hotel called Zemi Beach House, which is up on the, more on the northern end of the island. I think there's the people who go to Anguilla regularly really appreciate it and really and really love that the, that they can go and again feel like they're they're not being watched or it's just sort of like a you know there's no there's no scene there it's I love St. Bart's but there's a scene there like where you're everybody's kind of watching each other and eyeing each other up to see what they're wearing that's not Anguilla mm, yeah um, it's, which, it's more I, easy going yeah I you know and I love St. Bart's and I, I've been multiple times and you go for that reason sometimes but in but in Anguilla you just don't have that vibe 
We're heading now to one of the Caribbean's most famous islands, Jamaica. It's maitre d' and TV presenter Fred Siriex's all-time favorite travel destination. I have been very lucky to go in the last few years to Jamaica every year. And uh, I stayed in this wonderful hotel in, in, in Negril called Sandals. And mm. the GM there and his team always looks after me like a king. I mean, I can't tell you how they look after me. It's just incredible. I love that place. You know, when you uh, from a very um, young age, I have fallen in love with Bob Marley and Jamaica. I love the music of Bob Marley. I love the reggae. You know, and when he sings Sun is Shining, weather is sweet, makes me want to dance my dancing feet. You know, yeah. you yeah. walk on the beach in Negril, uh, the sun is shining, you know, and you got there's the sea, the waves are coming and just washing the sand off your feet. And you just understand why he was singing that and how he was singing it. You get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get that. That, that everything is so soft there. You know, the, the sun, is, oh, as much as it's hot, everything is soft, everything is easy. It's just pure bliss. You've got to go and you've got to try it. Oh, I'm, you've, you've, you've convinced me. I, I'm dying to go. I've, I've been to the Caribbean, but I haven't been to Jamaica. And it's an island I've always been really interested in because of that cultural element that just underpins the whole of, of life there as well, the, the music, as you say. So when you're there, how, how do you spend your days? Like how, how do you pass the time? Oh, it's, you just, you know, there's no, you've got nothing to do. So it's just you, it's just pure Bliss is just all about you. Get up in the morning, go and do a bit of sports, have a big breakfast and really enjoy the breakfast. Go for a walk, uh, read a book, uh, swim in the sea, then wonder what I'm going to have for lunch. <laughs> uh, you always meet somebody there or local and you have a wonderful conversation about the sunshine or about whatever, whatever. And... Um, and that's it, really. That's just that's just pure relaxation. Um, in fact, I've I've wrote part of my book while I was on holiday, uh, Secret Service. I can't believe yeah. I did that there, but I was so relaxed. I was on the beach, and I've just wrote my book. <laughs> so it it gave you that kind of clarity of thought because you felt so relaxed. Yeah, because you know you you know the the, the thing you know when you when you go on holidays to get away from it all really and when you manage to do that and, it, and I think it's finding a place where you can do that because sometimes we go on holiday and you know the, the, the place where we go are not really helpful in that in that way for somehow somehow you know or maybe it's because of the, the state of mind that we are in but whenever I go to Jamaica that's it I'm disconnected and I'm there to enjoy myself and relax Our final stop is in the British Virgin Islands and the luxury private island of Necca, brought to life by its owner Sir Richard Branson and pop star Ella Eyre, who performed her most memorable gig on the island. The first place I truly fell in love with, I was um, 27 years old. I was trying to persuade a lovely young lady to come and live with me. And somebody asked if we'd name Virgin after the Virgin Islands. And... um, uh, and we hadn't. I didn't even know they'd existed. But we, any, anyway, I managed to persuade her to come with me for the weekend. And we went looking for an island. Just, just um, had no money to buy an island, but we just thought, we, you know, we, we, it would be fun to do. And this estate agent laid on a helicopter and 
um, and we came across this beautiful, beautiful island called Mecca Island mm-hmm. um, with these pristine clear water all around it, beautiful reefs. So I looked at her and I thought, yeah, she could be the mum mum of my kids. And um, and and um, looked at the island, thought this is where we can live. And um, yeah, it was love love all round anyway. Oh, that's so beautiful. You know what? I'd actually actually say that my most memorable one was when I performed at a birthday party um, on Richard Branson's island on Necker Island. On Necker Island, yeah. Wow, what was it like? It was phenomenal. Like yeah. I'd I'd heard about the documentary. I hadn't watched it at the time about his island, um, but everyone had told me how amazing it was, and honestly, it blew my mind. I just couldn't believe a place like that exists. It's so, just... how come? How, what What made it so special? Um, I think it was just because it is so remote. You know, it's mm. one thing going to. It's a not gorgeous... easy to get to. Is no, it? it's not easy to get to. I think we had to fly to Antigua, and then we had to like island hop until we got to the. Um, I think it was Virgin Gorda that we we landed in, mm-hmm. and then we had to get a boat. Um, so and it was it was just an amazing trip. Uh, we were only there for thirty six hours, and it took us eighteen hours to get there. Um, <laughs> but it was just I, we made the most of it, and we used jet lag to our advantage. Like we did not sleep, yeah. And you know we got up at six and went snorkeling, and then we partied through the night. And but it was really really beautiful, and just the staff were fantastic, and the grounds and the facilities were insane. It's one of those places that's got a real kind of allure about it. Mm. Like you hear about it. It's yeah. one of those places, but it's so hard to get to. And it's obviously like really expensive probably. Yeah. It's, it's like a bucket list. Well, it's a private island. So you're yeah. not going to go unless you hire the whole island. And I didn't hire the whole island. Yeah. And actually I wasn't even on the island for that long. I was staying in an island next door. Um, but just that area in general is just absolutely stunning. Yeah. Are you a fan of the Caribbean? I'm a huge fan. Of being half Caribbean myself, I'm yeah. absolutely a huge fan well I don't know about you Sarah but I am at peak wanderlust after hearing from all those guests Joe Malone and Jamie Lang kicking us off with Turks and Caicos I mean that just sounds one of the most beautiful places you know what people always ask me apart from they always want to know like, what's my favorite hotel and they also want to always want to know what's my favorite Caribbean island and my stock answer is I don't have favorites you know it's the one that I'm on wherever I am at the time but the truth is I have four and in that four, in that top four are the Turks and Caicos Islands and mm-hmm. I think I love them the most because you know as they've discussed they're an archipelago of islands so you can easily island hop like even if you arrive at Provo Providencialis which is the main island you can take a 20 minute ferry away and be on North Caicos and Middle Caicos which are a completely different experience so you're like you're having a holiday within a holiday I love that about the Turks and Caicos and also if you're a beach lover I dare say if you're even if you're a beach snob the Turks and Caicos is a destination for you because I always say the Turks and Caicos and the Bahamas, which are two island chains very close to each other, they make the other islands look as if they're not even trying when it comes to beaches. I mean, really? So for oh, beach yes. lovers, those are the two to Absolutely, to go for. absolutely. You know, whether it's Parrot Key or Providenciales or, you know, Andros or Long Island or Harbour Island in the Bahamas, though, honestly, if you want to see... You know, when you when you see those beaches in real life, you think, oh, my God, am I stuck in a massive Instagram filter because it doesn't <laughs> even look real. It's so beautiful. It's it's beyond belief, really gorgeous. 
And it was really interesting to hear Ainsley talk about Dominica as being the most untouched Caribbean island, as though Christopher Columbus would have found it, he said. I mean, have you been to Dominica? You know, I've been to Dominica once, and that's something that I need to rectify and get back to very, very soon. Because here's the thing, you know, it's marketed, it marketed, the, I, the destination markets itself as the nature island. And you think, uh, you know, it might be a bit of hype. I mean, all the all the Caribbean islands are beautiful and lush and green, right? No, it's not hype. I mean, it's, it's a primordial beauty there that really doesn't compare, I think, to any other island. So many waterfalls, a lot of hiking, lots of hot springs, great diving. It's just so gorgeous. If you're outdoorsy and into nature. In fact, you know what? Even if you're not outdoorsy, I think if you went to Dominica, you'd change your mind. Mm. So, I mean, in terms of the islands all being so different, in terms of Dominica's landscape, how mm. does it differ, would you say? Well, it's a volcanic island. And remember, not all not all the Caribbean islands are volcanic. St. Mm. Lucia, for example, is volcanic, but Barbados is a, a coral and limestone island that's flat. So the topography of Dominica with its volcanoes and um the great diving that those volcanoes cause because they rise straight, basically they rise straight up out of the sea. Dormant volcanoes um, is, is excellent. Diving, hiking, swimming, snorkeling. It just makes you just, you have a feeling of um, just being back to nature. Because as it, you know, it, Dominica has not had great air service from the States. And I would presume therefore also from England. There's no mm. direct, there's no direct flights here. And so it makes it more of an effort to get to, you know, and, and as they like to say, half the adventure of Dominica is actually getting there because you may have to connect two or three times, but it's really worth it. And it, it's just got a friendliness and a, a beauty and an, an, an untouched quality about it that just makes you feel like you want to stay a little bit longer. Mm. Talking about islands that aren't as easy to get to, which make them all the more alluring. Also, Jackie Gifford from Travel and mm. Leisure, she picked Anguilla as one of her all-time favorites. Another island that has is 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 a little trickier to reach, but she said is you know so oh my gosh. worth the journey. So Jackie and I share that Anguilla is also in my top four. I love Anguilla because to me it is you know it's only uh, like a twenty-minute flight from St. Bart's, and I always say that if Anguilla it's like Anguilla and St. Bart's are sisters and St. Bart's is a snooty hoity toity one. And Anguilla is a beachy boho laid back one. They've got equal amounts of money, just, but just really chill. So I love that. Different vibes. Yeah. Anguilla ha is very barefoot casual. The person has a great standard of, of resorts and accommodations and villas in particular, but the person sitting next to you at that beach bar barefoot and with no shirt on could be a billionaire. It's, you know, it's really laid back and unpretentious. And St. Mark's can be um, pretentious, but um, <laughs> Anguilla never is. And yes, it's worth it because even from the States, you most people fly into St. Martin, which is about a three-hour flight from Miami. And then you take a five-minute ride from the airport to the ferry dock, and then you have to take a 30-minute ferry from the Dutch mm -hmm. side of St. Martin over to Anguilla. And you can see the islands, you know, if you're on Anguilla on the right side, you can actually see St. Martin in the distance. So it's not, it's not that hard to go to. You can fly, but honestly, the flight from St. Martin to Anguilla, apart from being very expensive, is also very short. It's eight minutes. So by the time you get up in the air and fill in your immigration <laughs> card, it's time to come down. So I always <laughs> recommend taking the ferry because it's lovely. You know, pre-COVID used to have a 
the ferry ride would also include a rum punch. Um, they're not doing that right now, but hopefully soon the rum punch will return. Yes, that's when we know things have got back to normal. Yes. When the rum punch returns. <laughs> when the rum punch returns. I think that's a great benchmark, Ali. <laughs> Well, as you said, I mean, we've we've just touched on just a handful of the beautiful and diverse Caribbean islands with uh, the soundbites that we've heard so far. So let's get started, Sarah, with your travel diaries, starting with chapter one, the first place you fell in love with. I have to say Jamaica because I ended up living about half my life there. But, there, you know, Jamaica is... Jamaica is a total package. It's the lar- largest English-speaking island, and it has everything. You know, it's got culture, music, food, the Blue Mountains. We, you know, Jamaica's given the world reggae and rum, and, you know, we punch very much above our weight class in terms of, you know, there's a little 4,000-square-mile island that has had such a global effect that, I mean, I just, you know, Come on, Jamaica. It's it's the classic Caribbean destination. And you know, you may you may love it, you may not have a good time because it is possible, but you know what? You'll never forget it. <laughs> it's like your first love affair. You just never forget it, no matter how it ended. And you lived there, as you said, half your life. So for people who have are planning to book a holiday there or have booked a holiday there, where would you tell them to go? You know, Jamaica is, is huge as Caribbean islands are um, concerned. It's only bigger. The only things bigger are Cuba and um, Hispaniola. But so you, first of all, don't go, well, you Brits have a lot of holiday time. So I would say don't go for any less than 10 days because it's really big because you want to hit all the tourist centers and Kingston too. So Kingston's the capital, really vibrant. You can go and see the studio where Bob Marley, um, recorded you can go to Trenchtown and see this whole urban renewal project that they have there it's really worth seeing you can go to devon house in kingston and see uh devon house is the home of jamaica's first black millionaire and it's a really interesting story because the um you know there was a there's a road in front of devon house and it's called lady musgrave road and lady musgrave Sorry, it, it avoids Devon House, but it's a main road that avoids Devon House. And it was called Lady Musgrave Road because she was the wife of the governor at the time. And she was so offended by the fact that she would have to go buy the house of Jamaica's first black millionaire that she had her own road made. So it's really interesting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, really interesting. But the point is that, you know, Jamaica has so much to see. You can go to New Grill. It's on the western tip. So amazing sunsets, laid back chill hotels, lots of boutique hotels, diving from cliffs at Rick's Cafe. But then also along the north coast, you've got um, Ocherias and Montego Bay, which is where most people fly into, which are, you know, typical Caribbean resort towns. Lots of, you know, different types of resorts, great beaches. Um, My favorite, actually, I think my favorite spot is Port Antonio, which is on the eastern end of the island. Mm -hmm. It's, they say, we like to say in Jamaica that it's for newlyweds and nearly deads. And it's because, (laughs) and it's because it gets a lot of rain and it's actually quite quiet. You know, it was Port Antonio in that end of the island in the 50s was in its heyday when it was a huge banana port. And basically from the 60s onwards, it's just become more quiet, but really romantic because of the way the Blue Mountains are. It gets rain almost every day. So really, really lush, the greenest part of Jamaica. How interesting that yeah. even just around the island, the climate differs, mm-hmm. the, the landscape differs so much. Yes. And actually also really interesting that you mentioned to make sure to go to Kingston because I'm sure so I'm sure the majority of tourists say from the UK would land and just go straight to the beach right right exactly but actually there's a lot more to see 
Absolutely. I mean, I will say that Kingston is best when experienced. Like if you know, if you have some Jamaican friends and they want to hook you up with someone in Kingston to take you around, do it. Because I do think it is one of those cities. It's quite, I mean, more than a million people live in Kingston. So it's not some mm. little, you know, hokey little village. So you, I think it's best when you go with someone who knows the city and you'll just, you'll just be amazed. This is a very sophisticated cosmopolitan city that has amazing art and history and heritage. And you don't often see that represented you know we often see it you know people talk about violence in Kingston and think think about it in a very negative way but honestly it's at least it's worth at least two days of your trip it's an amazing city and you know Jamaicans let's let's, let's just talk about the fact that Jamaicans who make their mark anywhere they go I mean when you come to Jamaica to feel embraced, to feel uh, welcomed by Jamaicans and witness their creativity and their friendliness. I mean, it's just, you know, mm. Jamaica, honestly, they're Jamaicans, you know, when you live in Jamaica and you are Jamaican, it's like Jamaica and the rest of the small islands in the Caribbean. <laughs> we kind of feel like it's Jamaica plus. Um, so I will say that I am biased, but if you go to Jamaica, you will see that I am not wrong. So chapter two then, You've already said that you're going to struggle to answer this. Your all-time favorite Caribbean destination. But yes. if I had to push you, would you would you be able to pick one? No. <laughs> I would say four. I would tell you my top four. Can I tell you my top okay. four? Okay. Yeah. So Jamaica, duh, because I live there and it's a total package. Two, the Turks and Caicos, for the reasons I mentioned before. Um, mm -hmm. You know, easy to island hop and get around, have a holiday from your holiday. Anguilla because it is the perfect blend of high-end amenities and a low-key vibe. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Love that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's a 35-square-mile island with 33 amazing beaches. I mean, <laughs> come <Wow>. on, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then my latest favorite, actually, is in another island chain called the Grenadines, in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a little island I went to for the first time, little Grenadine, called Beckway. It's, it's, ah. it's spelt B-E-Q-U-I-A, but it's actually pronounced Beckway. Yeah. There are only 5,000 people that live there. Um, it's seven square miles, so tiny. And it's a bit of a haul to get there because you usually have to either fly into Barbados and then take a puddle jumper or fly into St. Vincent um, and then take a puddle jumper out to Beckway. But it's just, it's just like, I don't know if you've ever seen, remember in the 60s, those, there were a couple of, James Bond movies that were filmed in the 60s in the Caribbean. I think Dr. No and another one. But when you see the Caribbean and how it looks when whoever it is comes out of the water and is strolling along the street or whatever, that's what Beckway looks like today. It mm. just has this old school, old Caribbean feel. The main town is called Port Elizabeth. It's right on the water, obviously, but there's one main street with all cute little cute little shops. I like to say it's the world's cutest pizza hut. It's not actually a pizza hut, but it is a pizza place and they seem to have borrowed the lettering for Pizza Hut. But it has this most beautiful, an explosion of purple bougainvillea flowers outside of it. It's adorable. People take photos Gorgeous. of it. It's that cute. It's very Instagramable. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Beckway. Beckway is, I would say, is definitely somewhere of you know, you got to see it. We hear about Mystique and the other Grenadines, but Beckway is a sleeper. What kind of traveler would especially love to go there? Is it somebody who enjoys water sports, beaches? Yeah. I would say sailing for the Grenadines and Beckway in particular, if you're a water person, so say whether you want to sail or snorkel or just hang out on the beach, Beckway is a place to go. It's not somewhere to go if, you know, the largest hotel there is 
I stayed there. It's called um, Beckway Beach Hotel, and they only have, I think, about 50 rooms. So if you're mm -hmm. into gambling or duty-free shopping or, you know, big shows and nightlife, Beckway is not really your place. But if you just want a chill beach vacation where you can almost feel like, you know, if you stay, I think if you stay two weeks in Beckway, you would almost feel like you were home. Mm. Then, yeah, Beckway is a place for you. Yeah. Okay. Added to the list. Now, of course, the Caribbean is known for having endless incredible hotels from you know gorgeous little boutiques to big grand resorts. You've experienced probably more than most people in the entire world. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, th I see you as the main authority here for picking your favorite, which would you go back to again and again? My favorite hotel. I have to say, I am a private island type of girl. <laughs> and so there are a few that I love, but um, in the Caribbean, I would have to say Petite St. Vincent in the Grenadines mm -hmm. is my favorite. They're just 22 cottages on, I think it's, I don't know, I can't remember how many acres, but 22 cottages, um, two restaurants, a great beach bar. It's a it's, it's very, you know, I like my places to be a little bit fancy and not at all pretentious. And so it, it feels, it ticks all those boxes. A bit like Anguilla. Yes, exactly. So, um, you know, it's an all-inclusive island. It's not cheap. It's about, last time I checked, it was about $1,000 a night. So definitely right. not cheap. Somewhere to splash out. On yes, sure. exactly. When we finally get out back into the world again, you know, and people decide that, you know, we're going to start with our bucket list and work all the way down, that's mm -hmm. somewhere I think it's just, just a really special place. There are two things that are particularly charming about Petite St. Vincent. One, mm -hmm. one is a flag system that they have, and two is a system of transportation that they have. So let me tell you about that. Okay. So. There are 22 cottages and there's also a mechanics garage where they have a fiberglass mold of like a beach buggy. A, min a mini moke is a beach buggy from the 60s that they don't make in England anymore. But yeah. they, have a, they have a mold, a fiberglass mold. And so they have a whole fleet, I think, of 16 of these little mokes that go around the island. And they stop at your cottage. There's a bamboo flagpole outside the cottage. And if you've raised the green flag, they know that to look in the little bamboo mailbox and you can, you know, it might be a request for more towels or more ice or more cookies because they deliver cookies daily, which is also a nice perk. Or if they see the red flag flying, they know we do not want to be disturbed. Don't even send housekeeping. So it's really, it's just like a little, a little world of your own. One of these places that you just feel like you've, you've sort of like a little pioneer in paradise, you know, on your own little island. Um, there's a nearby island called Mopion. And, and it's, I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it is literally just a sandy spit with one wooden beach umbrella on it and it shape shifts it comes and goes with the tides it gets larger mm. and smaller with the tides but it's it's beautiful and everybody wants to go there and you know get that perfect photo for the gram uh, so to get there where would you fly to right so to get to St. Vincent to um, Petit St. Vincent you would fly into Barbados and then you would fly from Barbados to Union Island which is another island in the Grenadines when you get to Union Island <laughs> you get into a golf cart and they take you to the other side of the island just like a five minute thing to a dock and then you get into a boat and 30 minutes later you're at Petit St. Vincent oh so you get that feeling of like blissful isolation as well. Exactly. With every leg of the journey, you feel your stress melting a bit further away. I could do with that right now. Yes, <laughs> yes. Even I could, trust me. 
<laughs> that sounds wonderful. I mean, you mentioned the snorkeling. A, a lot of people choose the Caribbean because of snorkeling or diving. From your experience, is there um, a must-see island that really kind of tops the bill for that side of things? Well, you know, Grand Cayman in the Cayman Islands is actually where scuba was invented. Right. You know, you've got to start there. If you want to be classic, you have to start there. They have, I forget, I'm not a diver actually, but they have, um, you know, a, a great, there's a wall there um, near Grand Cayman. There's a huge drop, which is supposed to be really spectacular. All the diver, I, I wish I could remember the name, but all the divers in the house will know. Grand Cayman is drop. a good spot. Yes, exactly. A huge wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can do wall diving there because it's hundreds of feet. Also, another big diving destination, Belize, because there are so many little islands and keys and blue holes, you know, these sort of sinkholes, I guess, in the middle of the ocean that, that you don't mm-hmm. know how far they go. Belize is also a great diving destination. Let me think, where else? Oh, of course, Bonaire in the Dutch Caribbean has been is an island that's really known for little more than diving. It's it's not very developed. It's part of the I ABC never even islands. Heard of it. Yeah. Bonaire? So there's some islands. Yes, just to the north of South America, and they're called the ABC Islands. A is Aruba, B is Bonaire, and C is Curacao. Right. And Bonaire is a B and has been known as a big diving destination, but it's also just starting to kind of sort of come out as, you know, somewhere that you don't have to be a diver to enjoy. I've been once and I don't dive and I had the best time, possibly because they have amazing restaurants on Bonaire. Really, really? surprising. Yeah, a really surprising array of restaurants. Um, because they're nearer they, to South America, do they have yes. more of a South American influence in the cuisine? You, uh, yeah, you know what? It's interesting that you mentioned cuisine because one of their most popular dishes is iguana soup. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. And I didn't get to taste it. I want, I was game. I wanted to try it while I was there, but I didn't. There was a particular stand, a particular stall that was recommended to me that, oh, this is where you should have your first taste. And unfortunately, it wasn't open when I was there, but I would try oh, it I again. I, I do believe that you have to, quote unquote, get some local flavor wherever you go. Mm-hmm. At least try mm-hmm. it. I mean, you might not like it, but it's not the end of the world if you put something in your mouth that you don't like. I mean, you know. would, it does the food really differ from island to island in the Caribbean? <gasps> Oh, absolutely. You know, in Jamaica, we love everything spicy, right? And we're famous for our jerk, which is a, a dry rub with with a pimento base. Um, it's very spicy. But in Cuba, which is just 90 miles away, it's so funny. I've been to Cuba a couple of times and the Cuban people don't have a taste for spicy at all. They actually like their food quite bland. You know, even the even the famous Cuban sandwich with ham and cheese and pork, the spice on it is is a pickle. It's like a right. dill pickle. Right. They really okay. don't have a taste for that. But then you then you go to islands like Guadeloupe and Martinique, which are French islands, and you definitely can see the French influence there. And they have all sorts of food that you know we don't even have in in other islands. And then, of course, I will admit to being a connoisseur of Caribbean KFC. <laughs> now, before you judge me. Let me just tell you, unless you've had Caribbean KFC, you don't know what you're missing. I'm not tempted by KFC in in America or in England, but in the Caribbean, and I think it's because we use local chicken, it it just tastes so much better. And anyone... Actually, KFC. KFC. Oh, no, for no real. Way. Like, okay. yes, as in Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yes. So, in Jamaica, every Jamaican knows that we have the best KFC. And apparently, right. the reason I did some research, actually wrote a story about this. You can look at it at jetsetzera.com. Um, the reason why I, I interviewed our local franchise holder, and what happened was in the 70s when they got the franchise, it wasn't really that big of a hit. But then they got permission from 
KFC headquarters, KFC HQ, to add just a little more salt to the kernels, how many spice, herbs and spices in the batter. And the Jamaica, mm-hmm. so the Jamaican batter is different. It's more salty and it's made with local chickens. And I got to tell you, it's the best. It's oh the best. Honestly, you if you go to Jamaica, wherever you go, in, and, okay, and here's the deal. So I also used to know the manager of the KFC in Montego Bay, and she told me that whenever she would go to their annual conference, she would be the rock star because Jamaica <laughs> sells more KFC per capita than any other country. What When you stat. go to Jamaica, seriously, when you go to Jamaica and you go to the one, this particular one in Montego Bay, it opens at 10, and it's not uncommon to see people lining up outside the KFC. Before it opens to get their chicken fix, right? And they have the AC done in all the KFCs in Jamaica. The AC is done in such a way that when you're in the restaurant, you don't really smell the chicken, but the vents are all um, sending, pushing that fried chicken smell out into the world and drawing everyone like a siren scent. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. That sounds so much like, so we move on to chapter three, your Caribbean hidden gem. That, mm. by the way, sounds like a pretty good hidden gem to me. I'm telling uh, you, Jamaican KFC, don't knock it till you've tried it. So finally then, chapter four, the destination at the top of your Caribbean wish list. You've been to so many of the islands, but there are a lot. Is there somewhere left that you would love to visit? Yeah, there is. You know, I have not yet been to Mustique. Ah. I've been, yeah, I've been to other some of the other Grenadines. I've been to Canawan. I have been to Petit St. Vincent. I've been to Beckway, as we discussed. But Mustique has escaped me so far. So I really want to go and see what all the hype is about. I want to go to Basil's Bar and see what it's like. Really, you know, just to see it for myself, if it's all, if it's all that and a bag of chips. Because certainly here in the UK, it has a, a kind of... Um, mystique of mystique (laughs) exactly Exactly. yes it it feels almost inaccessible in a way Mm -hmm. like it feels like it's very elite but anyone can go there on their holidays it that that it's not a it's not a private island in that respect not no it is not there is um like here in england in america we call it like a condo owners association like the villa owners all are part of this mystique company Right. But that is an entity. But the island itself, no, it's not private. And there is that one hotel, Cotton House, which I think is quite small. But, you know, you can rent a villa there also. And what would you expect when you got there? What, do you, what would you be hoping for? I would be hoping that it would be quiet, beautiful, just golf cart. I like those golf cart islands, you know, like Harbour Island in the Bahamas, where you just get around in a golf cart. And that golf cart lifestyle, it mm-hmm. really is appealing to me. And I would hope, since that most of the accommodation is in villas, and so therefore it's quite private, I would hope that it's not too pretentious, because, or mm-hmm. that you wouldn't see a lot of the pretension. But it would, mm-hmm. I think it would be cool to, to go to Basil's Bar and see all the fancy people really feeling free and having a good time. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Jet Set Sarah, you've made us thank all you. want to become Jet Set. I'm Jet Set Holly now because I'm excited <laughs> to get to the Caribbean as soon as I can. Thank you so much for joining me today. You are so welcome. It's my pleasure to share the Caribbean with the world. Oh, that was Sarah Greaves Gabadon. Follow her online at jetsetsarah.com and on Instagram at jetsetsarah. So are you feeling inspired to head to the Caribbean? I, I definitely am. Well, grab your British Airways American Express credit card and start planning your Caribbean island adventure. 
Thank you so much to the BA Amex credit card for supporting today's episode of The Travel Diaries. I've been wanting to make this Caribbean special for a long time. I really hope you all enjoyed it. Take care. Speak to you soon.